New chapter, we write our own script. Write our own script, man. That's just one step, man. You guys know how to go. But more importantly, man, this is about us. This is about you. You guys made up the your minds, what we was gonna do, and we did it. Exactly what the we said. And then we did it. Hey, man, I know the coaches, the whole organization, the whole building is proud of More importantly, I'm happy for you guys. That was rough the last two weeks. Let's make sure we let him hear it. We never show you the agony of defeat, only the thrill of victory on Monday mornings. And it occurred to me last night, the Vikings finally have a guy who wears number 15 who was drafted in 2017. Oh, there you go. You yeah. got your wish. Yeah. You finally got it. <laughs> right, you church, wrong friend, view. Guys. But so far, so good. <laughs> Josh Dobbs, we'll be talking about that throughout the show. The whole two hours is devoted to Josh Dobbs. Sorry, if you don't like it, watch something else. I'm kidding. We'll talk about him at some point coming up. But that was just one little sliver of an amazing ninth Sunday of the 2023 20, season. Um, Is this going to be a yearly thing where just some assistant coach comes out of nowhere and beats some, you know, beats some team? Like, and then loses the rest of them? I mean, that's the thing. We, we, did, we didn't believe in Antonio Pierce as the Raiders interim coach because the Raiders weren't playing the Raiders like Jeff Saturday was last year when right. Jeff Saturday got literally called out of the studio at ESPN to go coach the Indianapolis Colts and won that one and lost the rest of them. Yep. But... I mean, it didn't hurt that Daniel Jones got injured and it was Tommy sure, DeVito sure. time again. Just big picture observation before we get into yeah, it. Okay. There aren't enough bad quarterbacks to go around. No, no. And if I ever talk about expansion, just hit me. Yeah. Just right. strike me. That's Not that you, you need an see. invitation You're to like do so. A few anyway. injuries, we can't even fill out the NFL league right no, now. No, right. you can't. Right. You can't. I mean, after Daniel Jones gets injured, it's Tommy DeVito and Saquon Barkley. For the Vikings, it was after Jaron Hall suffered a concussion hurt, on the first right, drive. Right. It was Josh Dobbs, and the emergency quarterback was Cam Akers, and he tore an Achilles tendon later in the game. I don't know who emergency quarterback number two is. I mean, we, we have to start putting on these depth charts, QB1, QB2, QB3, EQB1, EQB2, EQB3. There's too many guys injured, even with nothing the passer – even with yeah. intentional grounding rules that, for the most part, for the most part, yeah. let them throw it wherever they Maybe want to the throw it. Josh Allen right. found out the hard, the hard way last night last that sometimes he got away with one too last night yeah. too, though. But yeah, but yeah. still, yeah. Even with the rules where they are, it's amazing how many quarterbacks are injured. It's amazing how many bad quarterbacks are playing. All due respect, we know it's a tremendous accomplishment to get to the NFL and play in a game. But when it just seems like you're overwhelmed, when it seems like they have to strip the game plan down to nothing, yeah. when it seems like you can't do anything, when you can't hit an open receiver, when you can't process the information, we know how difficult it is. The point is, it's one of the most skilled jobs in all of sports. I think that's what we're... And there aren't enough who can right. do it at a high level. That's right. It's being magnified right now a little bit. You know, we see the great quarterbacks, what they do and everything like that. But yeah, you're, you're right. And, and I think that's, you know... That is the point that comes across, at least to me, is that just, yeah, quarterback in the NFL, it's the cool, one of the coolest jobs you can have in sports. It's the most important job you have in sports. But I think when you put it together, a human being with the proper skill set to be a successful NFL quarterback, there's not a lot of those humans walking around in the country. There's not. You know, it, it's, it's a... It's, you got to have the size, you know, that part of it. You got to be a natural thrower. You got to be a much above average athlete, right? Maybe not an above average athlete for NFL football players, but for the rest of the guys in, you know, town or at the gym or YMCA or whatever else, you got to be smart like you're almost like a nerd and like a book smart school nerd type of guy, which is different in the locker room. But of course, that's helps you what you said, the processing and all that. You got to be cool and calm under pressure. You got to be physically tough to hang in there. You got to be able to take a freaking pounding. Exactly. So that's where a pounding. Yeah, yeah, we're saying it's, it's like special your dad there. took in the 80s. 
That's at right. least they don't play on concrete anymore. No, I know. I know. It's uh, it, The sport is still brutal, as we see. We see it week in and week out. There's just got, hey, the, the, the money's too big. The sport's too big. It's become too famous to where guys come in like kamikaze more now than ever before. That's where I will challenge people when they go, well, it's not like the old days. It might not be as far as like some of the brutality of it a little bit, but the actual size, speed, you know, violence – safety's coming in to clean the hole out and just going, I don't care what happens to me or you or anybody. That's where the game has gone to a different level. We've gotten rid of the old school kill shots, right? right? right. But it's still large, well-muscled body hitting another large, well-muscled body. It's Newtonian physics. Something's got to give. And when you're the quarterback, you are doing all of your work in the direction opposing everyone coming at you. Yeah. So the forces are magnified. We see the hand injuries, the thumb injury from Matthew Stafford last week. You are whipping your hand. Yeah, you're in a lot of vulnerable Blind into helmets right. and shoulder pads and right. arms. Mm-hmm. It's amazing it doesn't happen more often. Yeah, it is. It really is. It it's is. amazing there aren't more injuries. But we're kind of at a point where, yeah, it builds up. I mean, tonight, Monday Night Football, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no. That was settled eight weeks ago. Right. Kirk Cousins, torn Achilles tendon. Just concussions and this and that, and you're getting down on the depth charts. And it, it makes it exciting when these quarterbacks play well. But in a lot of these games, I mean, Clayton Toon, what the f- – I, I'm sorry, but well, yeah, yeah. 58 yards of offense I know. in an NFL game in 2023, not 2013, or not uh, 1923, yeah. sorry, <laughs> or 2013, not 1923. <laughs> I Sorry, I had trouble subtracting 100. I subtracted 10. But it's 58 yards of offense. Yeah, I know. I know it's it's well. Why didn't they play Kyler Murray in that damn game? He's healthy. I I, I don't know. You know they they obviously wanted to Tanks move for on. Nothing. They, they obviously Tanks would have been for everything. Yeah, that's really what it is. Tanks for everything. Whoever who knows they're positioning themselves. I mean, poor Clayton Toon having to go to Cleveland to make your first start. It doesn't get much worse or harder than that. So I felt for him being in that situation. Why did trade uh, Josh Dobbs? Well, I, I think Josh Dobbs you know, was was threatening to screw up the whole tank thing. I I, I mean they weren't maybe, losing maybe. badly and they right. beat the Cowboys. Yeah, right. Hey, you're too good hey we gotta gotta trade you you're a little bit you're a little too good yeah a little bit just a little bit too good well we're seeing here right now with the teams that are left the elite teams in football their quarterbacks are healthy and you know they're high functioning offenses and we'll see where it goes from there for now for now for now we'll see i do have to mention well that jim ursay clip that was a special dance moves right there (laughs) i I, that was hilarious i i I had got a giggle out of watching that jim ursay had reason to be happy. And I thought, and you thought, did you think, no, you thought the Colts were going to win. That was one where we disagreed and you were right. Yeah. I just thought Frank Reich would have Something a year's worth a of pent-up frustration right. after getting shoved out erroneously yes. because Jim Mercy had this Jeff Saturday fantasy that this guy who's never coached is going to come in and be the guy that pulls it all together, and it was a disaster, and at least he didn't give him the job moving forward. Yeah. I thought he was going to. And thought that just with oh, time. Oh, look at it. There it is. Look. Look. I love it. I love it. The locker room's going to love this. I mean, of course, they're watching. It's, it's an old, you know, an old white guy listening to young hip-hop music, right? The locker room always gets a, a kick out of that. And then some of the moves he's busted out and trying to be one of the guys. And it just It's awkward and funny. But I give him a lot of credit for doing that in front of the group. Those are the kind of things that, yeah, he's going to get made fun of in the locker room when he's not there a little bit. But it's also going to make, like, when he walks in the locker room the next time, he's like, oh, hey, coach. Hey, Jim Mersey, what's up? Because it's just like he let himself, he let his hair down a little bit. Anything that an owner of an NFL team can do to come off as normal relate, right? is a plus. Yeah. Because they operate in a completely different reality than the rest of us. I would love to have that much money and power to know what it's like to have to try to relate, but they just they just are operating. Yeah, like I said, world. it's a different world altogether. Yeah, it is, and uh, yeah, it's nice to see them acting normal and having a good time. And Jim Mercy was having a good time in a game that I didn't think the Colts were going to win. And the Colts are one of those teams. And you're a big believer in Shane Steichen. I am. I mean, Gardner Minshew finally got it together. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that at yeah. some point. Not yeah. one of the biggest games of the day. No, definitely but, not. But uh, Panthers are done if they weren't already. All right, two teams that aren't done 
Although well, one, you gotta say, hey, PFT, blah blah blah. Did you say all that stuff yet? I mean, you didn't even like, no, tell some, us what we are. Some things are just you dumb. I mean, they know. Well, I don't know. They then know. all of a sudden on a Wednesday, you're like, well, I haven't said hi in two days, channel. and you start to you stop the show to say hi. So I just wanted to make sure you're professional host here for a second. Okay, the show is Mike and Mike in the morning. We're back in better than ever here on ESPN. <laughs> it's PFT Live on Peacock, Sirius XM 85, Sky Sports NFL, whenever they choose to show the program, we don't know. And frankly, at this point, we don't care. Podcast whenever and wherever you get them. All right. That was, is that sufficient? That was good. Way to go. Okay. And All if right. anyone was wondering what that noise was, that was my hand hitting Florio's left chest yes. muscle right Statute there. Statue limitations begun to run. I have two <laughs> years now to sue him for assault and battery here in the state of Connecticut. Okay. Uh, Bills and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. We were right. We were right. Yeah. I saw that spread, and I thought, now now look, hey, the Bills didn't go away quietly. It yeah. was 24-10. They did the whole analytics thing I know you love, score the touchdown, go for two, so then the next time around, <laughs> they know, they know what they, they need. need. <laughs> we know what we need. Uh, but uh, Bengals win four in a row. They were dead in the water at one and three. They're now five and three. Joe Burrow is five and one against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in his career. All four NFC North teams are in the playoff picture, and Burrow healthy. That's the key. Yeah. That sometimes it's simple. Bengals favored by two. Wait, Bills not exactly impressive after their three straight dominant wins. It was right. a long time ago. Something happened on the way to London. I don't know what, but they haven't been the same since. I was alarmed last week. I said this last night, standing right where you're sitting, when Brandon Bean, the GM of the team, says last week. We're still trying to find our identity. It's yeah, freaking November. I hear you. It's November. Yeah. Bengals have their identity. It's yeah. healthy Joe Burrow. Right. Healthy Joe Burrow going out and doing Joe Burrow things. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we talk about it a lot, right? Joe Burrow, one, I mean, what there's their identity. They rely on him to surgically pick you apart with his brains, his accuracy, his quick release, and then just make a handful of splash plays throughout the day, right? So that's their identity. Oh, you want to play zone defenses? I'm going to pick you apart. I'll five yards, five yards. I'm patient. I'll just keep going where the defense tells me to go. And then he waits for that team to get impatient. They play man or they blitz or whatever, just like you see right here. There's a blitz. Oh, now Jamar Chase is one-on-one down the right sideline. Oh, now I've escaped. Here's another blitz. Oh, it's one-on-one with T. Higgins. You can't cover him. So because they're elite against zone defenses and the drop-back pass game and they have an identity, your point, Mike, it forces teams to go, wait, we, we're, we're dying a slow death here. we got to change it up. And some of these plays we just showed here, three out of four of them, I think we're all blitzes of, like, Buffalo going, we can't play zone, we can't do that. So they do have an identity. The O-line after the bye week has turned the corner back into, wow, this is a pretty good O-line. Joe Mixon looks great. Burrow is phenomenal. I mean, he's he is a, he's just an assassin back there at quarterback. You know, so so many good decisions. We know their defense is good and makes plays. And, and I'll give Buffalo some credit for hanging in there because Mike, they went through a point there. It was fourteen to seven, and I, I know you remember this part. It's second quarter. Cincinnati had the ball first and ten on the twenty-two yard line and came away with no points after the interception. Right? right? No, that was before. And then they get the interception and do the same thing and have no first points. and ten at the thirty-two yeah. yard line and come away with zero points. So their defense, Sean McDermott and company, did change it up a little bit. I think made Cincinnati a little uncomfortable. That kept kept the score manageable and you know made it capable for Josh Allen to make some plays in the end and maybe make some magic happen. Yeah, but eighteen points for the Bills. I know. That's not good. That's enough. not good enough. Exactly. That's not good right. enough. You hold right. the you hold the Bengals at twenty. If you tell them going in, we're going to hold them 24, you, go, you think we you got a chance. chance to win. We right. got a chance. And right. they did have a yeah. chance. Yeah. They did have a chance. But at the end of the day, it's the Bengals at home against a team that they just they they got had their, their number. number. Right? They got their number. Yeah. And uh, now that Burrow's healthy, and that's all we were waiting for, and he's clearly healthy now, he can move around, he can do those little things in the pocket where he can extend the play just a little bit, just enough, not in a way that it's obvious. He had that injury where his fingernail the cuticle got like, or ripped there, up or ripped something, up. Yeah, and he right. said it's no big deal, and yep. uh, you know, it's on his throwing hand, but that's something where... Yeah, he'll be able to live yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, it's not, it's not a big issue. No, no. Um, and, and again, amazing little things like that don't happen more often when you've got all the different face masks and the plastic, hard plastic and metal and this and that but yeah yeah he's he, he said he'll be fine after the game wouldn't expect him to say anything other than he will be fine bills though yeah not fine right five and four now they lost week one to the jets had three straight dominant performances capped with 48 21 over the dolphins right. and then it was lost to the jaguars 
sluggish against the Giants, yeah, another loss, right. and then sluggish against the Buccaneers, yeah. left the door open. Right. Buccaneers almost stole it. Right. And now two and three in their last five games. Four losses, nine games played. They've got eight games left. And, and again, I don't know when you get to red alert. We have to win out with numbers of losses. But they've got – a bunch of games coming up that are not going to be easy. Yeah, well, they're high-profile games. They've got the Eagles yeah. on Thanksgiving weekend in Philly at 425 Eastern. They're at the Chiefs. They have the Cowboys. They've got the Dolphins on the road. So there are three or four more losses out there potentially lurking. You lose seven or eight, you might not get to the playoffs. No. And that was one of the things we were saying – the moment the schedule locked in, we know in January when the regular season ends who's playing whom and where. But it really doesn't come to life until they put the schedule out. And it's like, you know, there might only be one team out of the AFC East that gets to the playoffs because they got some tough schedules. Yes, they do. And for the Bills to already have four losses yeah. November 6th, right. that's a little concerning. They haven't had their bye yet. But that's a little concerning. Definitely concerning, you know. And and hey, the Jets are right now. When you look at it, they're ranked above the Buffalo. They still got a chance here. So let's see where that goes. The AFC, you know, is to your point. You know, first off, it is dangerous. Buffalo is is teetering on the edge of being a playoff caliber playoff team, or just on the edge looking out. I look at Jacksonville, Baltimore, Kansas City. And Cincinnati to kind of be almost in a class of their own in the AFC, and maybe even in a different class than the whole NFL. You know, other than Philadelphia, we can talk about that later. But yeah, I'm, I'm worried about the Bills. It's the same old thing we talk about. You know, just like last night. You know, I think they're trying to start to spread the ball around, but it's still way too dependent on Josh Allen. He's the leading rusher in the football game once again. I mean, that happens like you know, two out of every three weeks almost with Buffalo. You know, they take away some of the magic, his ability to throw the big plays, big throws down the field, and I don't know if their offense is good surgically like the Bengals is enough to just pick people apart all day, right? Let alone teams are not necessarily scared to play man-to-man against Buffalo because it's really just like, wait, we have to worry about digs, but the other guys, we feel like we can match up with them, so that changes things, you know, and that's where, like, on the vice versa there for Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Buffalo wants to play zone all game, but they know they're going to get picked apart by Joe Burrow, and then they go, oh, we got to play man-to-man, and we're not good at man-to-man, and we can't have guys that can cover Chase and, and T. Higgins and Boyd, so they really put you in a bind, but Buffalo can't put other teams in a bind like that because of the lack of firepower there, so then it goes back on Allen running the ball, having to make some miraculous plays and then you hope McDermott with a beat-up defense which it very much is a very beat-up defense can come up with magical game plans and that's just hard to think that they're going to dominate or you know win uh, you know eight out of the last 10 football games here just in that formula alone. Josh Allen had eight runs last night for 44 yards I don't know how many of them were designed and how many of them were scrambles but beyond that James Cook had six carries yeah Latavius Murray had two right that's not nearly enough. That's not enough, especially when you're dealing with a great offense. You need to slow it down a little bit. You just need to develop something. Searching for an identity. Yeah. They've given up on trying to run the ball. The identity continues Too to late. be. That's yeah. the thing. We're searching for an identity. No, your identity is expect Josh Allen to do everything. That's your identity. That's the problem. That is exactly right. And, that is the identity. And it goes. And everybody in football knows that, and the Bills don't want to really kind of admit it. Well, and the problem, sorry, we got to be real. It. The problem's Ken Dorsey. This goes back to you have a defensive head coach, you have a great quarterback, you have an offensive coordinator who gets the absolute most out of him as Brian Dayball did, and what happens? Hey, that guy's a head coach now. So then you got to go to the next one, and maybe there's a chance the next one isn't going to be good enough. You know, the 49ers are kind of going through this now. Somebody made yeah, that point to me last week. You go from Robert Sala, great D'Amico, head coach. D'Amico right. Ryans, great head coach. Steve Wilkes, thought he was going to be great. Kind of some issues there sure. defensively. Talking about bringing him down to the sideline from the booth. I mean, there's some stuff going on there. Yeah. So when you start going through it, it's more pronounced offensively, though, when you got a great quarterback. Definitely, it is. You need the guy who is joined at the hip to the quarterback to be there. And when you change it out, I mean, I don't think Ken Dorsey has the temperament. Going back to week three of last year when they lost that Dolphins game, and he went <laughs> nuts and started throwing shit around. Sorry, there's one. In the, in the coach's booth, I mean, you need somebody who's going to be calm. 
you need somebody who's going to be that influence on Josh Allen to just slow it down. Let's not get too crazy. Let's not start looking for the 14-point play yeah, in the playbook because it ain't there. Yeah. And I think, I, I'm, I think Dorsey's the problem, and they don't want to admit it. There's a, a pride that comes into play. He's the guy they hired. We're going to double down. We're going to double down. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. And you're banging your head against the wall and expecting the outcome to be different. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think you, you hit on some good things there for sure. I don't – when I watch their offense, I'm not blown away by it, right? To your point with Dorsey, I'm not like, oh, wow, this is cute. This and creative. you should be. It's right. Josh Allen. I know. Now, I will say, though, it's not a bad offense. So I think it's – I look at it and go, hey, it's a good offense. It's got a lot of answers. They do some good things, too. But it's not so good that it can actually make up for the fact that there's lack of firepower at wide receiver. And like you're saying, they can't run the ball. Right, and they haven't been able to run the ball in Buffalo, even when Dayball was there. Really, I mean, he was—he just introduced more Josh Allen designed quarterback runs, and that's why they ran the ball a little more successfully. But it doesn't seem like it's part of the DNA or what they do in the off season to attack it. And like what you were saying, like yeah, they're—they're they're not going to turn into a running team. You know, I hear people, oh, they got Leonard Fournette now. Watch out. Well, what's that mean? I don't. When does when did we think Buffalo in the run game was going to save the day with Leonard Fournette? At the end of his career, that's not going to do anything. So there's just like very few avenues in which they can carve you up on the offensive side of the ball. And like if there's three avenues on how they can carve you up, two of them are like Josh Allen throws laser down the field. Josh Allen scrambles around and throws laser down the field. And then the other one's like the defense makes some plays because McDermott's creative on that side of the ball from time to time. But as we've seen, and we've been beating this for a year, more than a year, right? They just don't have the elite guys that a team like the Bengals do, especially on the offensive side of the ball, let alone the Bengals' defense has some ballers too and and a really good damn defensive coordinator in Lou Anaruma to go with it. I wonder if they gave any consideration whatsoever to trying to trade for Derrick Henry. I wonder if they gave it any discussion do they have a meeting about it don't you at least have to have a meeting about it don't you have to sit down and say okay what's it going to take what would the titans want for him how does he fit with our culture how does he fit with our offense we're trying to find an identity what yeah. about we bring in derrick henry right. and just give him the ball 25 times a game and do play action off of that and let josh do his thing when the defenses are worried about having derrick henry run him over it, i mean listen it would help anything would help i get that I just feel like it's too far down the road to start to go, oh, now we're going to start to run the ball. Change the tire on a moving car. Exactly. It's a little too hard. Like, I would have been more of like, just be who you are and go get another receiver and then just let Josh Allen go crazy with Diggs, another good receiver, and Dalton Kincaid, a tight end, and James Cook out of the backfield, and then you just become dangerous and you can kind of play the way you want. I know. There wasn't. DeAndre Hopkins was the best option. Right. I know. I don't think there was a lot of options out there, right, to your point. But I am concerned with Buffalo, and it's amazing with Cincinnati because it's three years in a row where it's sluggish at the start, and all of a sudden here we are at the midpoint season, and I'm going – wow, there's not too many weaknesses with their football team, it doesn't look like anymore. They're playing awesome. Burrow, healthy as can be. And, yeah, they've found their their mojo here, and they're going to be dangerous down the stretch. I know when you go all in, there's a bill to pay on the back end. Yeah. And it worked for the Rams two years ago, but they're paying the price now. Right. But I feel like for some of these teams, this is what I used to say about the Vikings, good enough is just good enough. I feel like – for the Bills, it's like we don't want to do anything. We don't want to make any false moves that will cause us to fall off the face of the earth right. next year or the year after. We don't want to give up too many assets. We don't want to overcommit because there's no guarantee we're going to get past the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Jaguars, and the playoffs anyway. So let's just be content right. to be a playoff team. Let's be content to get to the divisional round. That's a good year. We can say that's successful. I think a lot of teams do that. Yeah. Say, oh, we want to win the Super Bowl. I said that. No, yeah. you want to be relevant into December. You want to be alive as long as possible in the regular season. You want to get to the playoffs more often than not. And they got a nice little streak here of winning divisions. Right. A little streak of getting to the playoffs. But at 5-4, and four, Jenga Tower <laughs> – Jenga Tower's wobbly, baby. It is. It is. It is at five and four. Let's hear Josh Allen on whether he's confident that the Bills can turn things around after that five and four start. Absolutely, absolutely. The guys in this locker room. Um, we got a lot of guys that are unselfish players. Guys that will do anything that they can to, to help this team win football games. And um, you know this. Second half of the season, you know, realistically, if you want to look at it from a 
a real view. You know, you need 10, maybe 11 wins to get into the, the playoff picture on the AFC. Um, got eight games left. You know, we got five wins. So the math there, you know, it's, it's not pretty. It's not going to be easy. Um, but, again, if there's a, a locker room that can handle this, it's this locker room right here. Wow. What about the cliche, we only focus on one game at a time? We're on to Cincinnati, right? Well, they're out of Cincinnati, but, <laughs> yeah. but he's thinking what we're thinking. Yeah. Hey, five and four, eight games left. You got to have 10 or 11 to get in. Yeah. Uh-oh, carry the one. Uh-oh. Yeah. It's a problem. Right. Yeah, they're going to have to go on a run here to to a degree. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no doubt. And like we you mapped out earlier, the the schedule is real. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sold. They can do it. You know, it, it, again, the offense. What we've seen, I think teams have figured out how to defend them a little bit. Whether it's Dorsey, like you said, and then to me, because it's so Josh Allen centric, you know, it's the other thing you see. I feel like through this little losing streak or this this the ups and downs here for the last five weeks of Buffalo. And I know you've heard me say this, just take away the big throw from Allen and don't let him run out of the pocket consistently. And you got a chance to stop their offense. It's, it's as simple as that. And then with McDermott on the defensive side of the ball, you know, usually if their offense, the defense was totally healthy, I'd go, well, they'll hang in there. They're good enough, you know, with, you know, uh, all their key parts, the corners, all of that. But they're not healthy on that side of the ball, and they're bleeding as well. And then Josh Allen, this interception here, we not watched a good that play. last night. Right. I mean, Davis was open; he'd found the spot in the zone. It was yeah. like a, it was, I don't know, it was a safety it was a cover high, two. cover two. Yeah, he's trying to hit him. And in the you've hole always there. got, the, yeah, and and he was open. Yeah, it was, it just was underthrown. It was underthrown. It was his bad throw, bad decision. It's a, that's a tough throw. I mean, really, Josh Allen and only some of the elites are gonna like Mahomes are gonna attempt that right there. And why you don't attempt it, because if it's not perfect, there's guys hanging around. But you're ready at a point there where we've seen Josh Allen fit it in there and throw the ball the right way. Uh, but, yeah, he didn't lead, it, lead him down the well, field enough, and then Cam Taylor-Britt made a good play. And you wonder about his shoulder injury. Yeah, sure. He didn't practice on Wednesday. And it's like, he's fine. He's fine. Everything's right. fine. Everything's fine. At some point, Ken Dorsey, you've got to adjust the game plan, the throws you expect him to make to whatever limitations he has. And you don't just listen to him saying, serenity now, I'm fine. Right. You have to see how he's throwing, and you have to adjust it. And sometimes maybe you don't even tell him. We're just going to put in a menu of plays that isn't going to put him in a bad spot, and I'm not going to ask him to do something he's not able to do, even if he would get pissed at me if he knew I was doing it. That's part of how you got to manage a personality like I that know. that thinks he can do everything. Yeah. That's part of it, too. That is part he of it. He thinks he can do everything. Right. They expect him to do exactly. everything. Exactly. There you go. And they let him try and to do go, everything. Let's let them do and everything. And it doesn't work. Right. And they wonder what the hell's wrong. Yeah. No. I, and then I, just go do it all I, over I, again. I, I think it's fair. God, I would hate to be a Bills fan. <laughs> I, it, it's it's I'm frustrating. So, I'm sorry for Bills. Bills fans, I'm sorry you have to deal with this. Yeah. I mean, it is like it is a cyclone of insanity. It, well, it, it's tough right now, and and again, you know, I love Josh Allen, and this is a point I've been trying to make for you know more than a year now that there needs to be more there to help him out. It's it's pretty obvious to me. It's obvious to everybody you talk in football. I, I know I brought this up too, you know, in the past too. Like, like I told you, Devin McCourty, myself. I mean, you talk to other coaches, whatever. We've all heard. I, we've heard from people in Buffalo go, when Josh Allen doesn't make magic, we don't think we can win. We're not sure. And that's not the way a team should feel, right? It's not. You know, Cincinnati, I don't think when they're playing their best football, they don't feel like, man, if Joe Burrow doesn't throw for 350 today, we can't win. They go, no, we'll find a way. You know, he'll take care of the ball, but we'll run the ball. Chase will make a play somewhere, and our defense will make a play. We'll still win the game, right? I don't think Buffalo has that. Buffalo's always sitting on the edge of their seat going, I hope he can drive us down here. I hope he can make the big play. And that's just not conducive to, you know, going to a Super Bowl or making a playoff run. They've got to win the next two. Denver Monday Night Football next week, yeah. and the Jets. A pair of home games. They've got to have both of them because after that, at Eagles, at Chiefs, Cowboys. Yeah. Yikes. They lose those three. That's seven losses. Yeah, that's right. Now you're teetering on the edge there. Maybe one more loss. they got to win the next two, right. and they got to win at least one of those three. At Philly, at Kansas City, Dallas. And they're all big High-profile, 425 p.m. Eastern games, week 12, week 14, week 15. Fortunately for the Bills, they have a bye in week 13. And then they've got a couple winnable games. They've got the Peacock game Saturday night, 
Bills at Chargers, December 23 of Christmas weekend. They've got the Patriots. That should be a win. And then they're at the Dolphins to finish the season. It may come down to at the Dolphins end of the season to even get in hey, listen, to the playoffs. Uh, nothing's going to be easy for them. We saw them lose to New England just a few weeks ago, right? I, I look at them, and I, when I look at the schedule, I go, yeah, they can win some of those games. They can lose every damn one of them, too. I, I don't think they're that superior talented, even over like you know a team like Denver, where I just go, oh, it's a shoo-in. You know, I expect them to win. The Jets are going to be an issue for them. The Jets' defense is going to be able to slow down Allen and some of the magic plays, and they're going to make it ugly, and all of a sudden we're going to be sitting there going, oh, my gosh, Zach Wilson and, and the Jets might beat Buffalo up in Buffalo. I don't think anything's going to be easy for them going down the stretch here. You know, like I said, with, with all they leaning on an Allen and then the defense not being dominant like we've seen in some years past here, uh, I think it's going to be Strugglesville. And, you know, of course, I didn't pick them to go to the playoffs before the year, and, and the way it looks right now, if you made me bet, I'd go, they're not going to go to the playoffs this year either. The team – that last had a convincing win against the Dolphins in week four needs to come back, and it's been gone yes. since week four. That's right. And this team can lose every game and win every game, Yeah, but it's going to be like it is. Win yeah. one, lose one. Win one, lose one. And here they are at two and three over the last five. One last point about that game. Bill's back in Cincinnati. Damar Hamlin was back at the place where he suffered cardiac arrest in early January. He's doing a lot of great things to enhance awareness when it comes to the dangers of commodio cordis is what they ultimately, right. I think, concluded it was. Yep. You rule out everything else, the blow to the chest that triggers cardiac arrest. He was on the field, in the spot. There he is before the game last night, didn't play. He's only played in one game this year. He's on the roster, but he's a healthy scratch more often than not. They just got on the back end. They got too many guys. Last yeah. year he was playing extensively because Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer were both out for the right, year. Right. So he's on the team. He's back in Cincinnati, set up a scholarship to honor the first responders who saved his life. That's a great angle here. I think he's on the Today Show this morning as well. Yep. Uh, you can check that out on yeah, NBC. Good for Demar Hamlin. I'm so, sure that was a, you know, a, a, a big you barrier. You get back to the spot to, where you died. You died right. on the field. Right. That was a big Flat barrier knockdown. Yeah. Heart stopped twice. Emotional. It really is. Uh, I can I, I can't even imagine what he was going through last night. But I bet you that was big and part of his healing process and and hopefully being able to kind of put it to bed. I mean, I never know. I know it's never going to be out of his mind, but at least just like, you know, okay, I was here. We made it. Thank God blah, 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 and you, and you move on from there. But good for DeMar Hamlin, and, and good for him for all the awareness he has set up throughout the NFL because of his injury and him going around and teaching people and all of that. It's so much more of a focus for everybody in the NFL now. And beyond the NFL. Beyond the NFL. He has saved lives. He will save lives. Yeah. Because there's a greater sensitivity than ever before to the problem of the blow to the chest, athletic event, typically happens in baseball, you have to have AEDs around. You have to have people who know how to use them. You combine those two things, you save lives. And the DeMar Hamlin situation has saved lives, will save lives. And that is the best part of what was a tragic story from early January. The other big game yesterday, one of the other big games, there's a bunch of big games. This was the one that was on right before Bill's Bengals. Eagles hosting the Cowboys. Yep. Great contrast. Nick Sirianni, coach of the Eagles, no big deal. Just in the game. Jerry Jones, oh, that's a playoff, playoff game. game that's us. a big game. That's a big game. It's a glory hole game. <laughs> so, uh, exact quote. <laughs> and, well, he's talking about the Rangers oh. winning the World Series. That's what right. message did he have to the fans in attendance at the parade on Friday? And he said, it is the absolute glory hole. <laughs> and there's no way he can say in 2023, he could have gotten away with it in 2012. That's news yeah, to me. I don't right, know. Man, but, right. Right, regardless, that's what he said last week. That's but, his but quote. you're saying there's no way he doesn't, there's know, no what way he doesn't know what that means. Okay. And right. I think, I think he's just having fun. With I it think now. so too. I think yeah. he's realized everybody like people like us have made such a thing of it that he like just, he spits it out. now. I think when they put him in the hall of fame, right. they did a thing. And that was part of it. Like, 
like all the different Jerryisms. Oh, so that was one that of was them. One so of them. he's well aware. <laughs> okay. He's well aware. Okay. All right. Uh, he's also well aware how hard it is to win in Philadelphia. And this is one where we said last week, if they played in Dallas, I would have liked Dallas. They yep. play in Philly. I like Philly. Huge game. Significant implications in the standings. If the Cowboys had won, that would have been massive. It would have been seismic. It would have been... Two losses for the Eagles, two losses for the Cowboys with a rematch week 14 Sunday night football in Dallas, and they could sweep them, and the Eagles end up wild card. I mean, it kind of had that feel to me of the Giants-Cowboys game in 93 when Emmett's got the bad shoulder where one seed, five seed, yeah, right, right, is on the line, right, yeah, was it or four seed? What no, was it? Yeah, Whatever it was, it was because there was three way, divisions. Yeah, right, right. It was either you've got home field advantage throughout the playoffs, or you're, or a, you're wild a wild card, card team, right? Yeah, exactly. And right. and that's what last night felt like, even though it was middle of the season, because if the Cowboys win that one, they're in the driver's seat all of a sudden in the NFC East. And for a while, early on, yeah, felt like they were going to, yeah, and then late. Eagles kept giving them chances. Definitely kept giving them chances. Definitely, and they didn't cash in. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I, I give a lot of credit to the Cowboys. I think that the very end of the day, like the Cowboys are at least going to be able to look at themselves in the mirror. You know, in a team meeting when they play Philadelphia in December, they're going to be going, "Wait, we we can beat them, right? We did some positive things in that football game, right? I think the big thing is Dak Prescott was phenomenal." And I give Mike McCarthy a lot of credit, too, for being aggressive, especially early on in the football game in some fourth and ones and third and short situations where they threw the ball. They weren't like, hey, it's fourth and one, we're going to run up the middle. They were like, well, the hell was running up the middle against Philadelphia. You know, if you're going to play this coverage against us and go all out to stop the run, we're going to throw a 15-yard in cut on fourth and one. Uh, Dak Prescott was great throughout the game. Dallas's offense was pretty damn good to go along with it. And the defense gave them chances. Like you said, at the end, the fourth quarter, they dominated the fourth quarter, the Cowboys. But at the end of the day, the Eagles, as I said to Devin McCourty last night, the Eagles remind me a little bit of like the Patriots in their heyday. You just feel like some part of their team, some aspect of their team is going to show up in the big moment. And, and really, they've never failed in that other than against one team in red and white with a magical quarterback wearing 15 who also can create magic at the end of a football game. And they have belief just like the Eagles do in the Super Bowl last year. It's the only team I've seen do that to the Eagles. So even there last night with the Cowboys and all the momentum in the fourth quarter, I don't know. There was a part of me that was sitting there going, Okay, well, let me see them actually get in the end zone versus this Eagles defense, right? And, of course, it never happened. The Eagles defense comes up big, clutch, uh, Cowboys a little unlucky and stepping out of bounds in the two-point conversion and all that, but it was a great game. Both Texas teams yesterday yeah. got the ball back with a touchdown needed to win with 46 seconds left. Right. Exactly 46 right. seconds. Houston pulled it off. Dallas didn't. And the Eagles tried to help them. Three penalties on the last drive. Unbelievable. For what? How many total yards? 36 total yards? around there. 56 yards. Jeez. Three penalties for 56 yards on that final drive that helped fuel it. And that play at the end, look, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I know. It's hard to digest throwing it short, right? Right. You throw yeah. it short and, like, do you do a hook and ladder? Like, do, what do you do? You throw it short and hope for the best. That's what they did on that last play. There's the James Bradbury penalty. Just I think that was a 36-yarder. Like, just turn around. They worked the ball down the field, tick, yep. tick, tick. But, you know, the penalties really helped, and the Cowboys Here's going to be the late it. hit on Dak Prescott, right? Hassan yep. Reddick. They just can't help it. they got to get one extra bump on the quarterback. He throws the elbow into his ribs. And you know. And I know. Just don't after, do it. But you know that's right. what they do. And then that's guy right. jumps offside, Jump puts it five yards closer. But let's watch this last play. Like, what's your plan? When you pick that play, when you're Mike McCarthy, yeah, who's right. clearly calling the plays now, can we show the last play of the yeah. game, the throw to C.D. Lamb? The, like, what's your – So they're thinking they're going to protect the end zone, right? Right. So I think they're trying to go, let's send people into the end zone and kind of clear it out just a little bit, and then maybe we can hit C.D. Lamb at the two- or three-yard line and he could turn it up and run into the end zone. A couple right? of sacks put him back there where they were in this position. Right. So throw it short, and he tries to get in. Yes. That's the you mindset. You see everybody ran a go route, so they kind of make it look like, hey, we're just going to throw it up at the end, and he comes in. They're hoping he can catch it and just find a little seam and dive in there and get in the end zone. I don't have a horrible issue with the play. Wouldn't you trail him with a back that but flip it's, it well, yeah, that's, they get it's a him. valid point, that is. I mean, I'm always a fan of let's just throw it in the end zone and 
see what yeah. happens, especially with pass interference, the exactly. way it's called this day and age and all that. But I'm not going to sit here and fault them. The idea there, I've been a part of some teams that had that play in the playbook because there is eight guys in this end zone. You're like, I don't know if it's really realistic we're going to make it. So let's back them off a little bit. Hopefully we can catch the ball. Maybe our guy can break a tackle or find a little But unlike the Vikings against the Lions a couple years ago when they decided to guard the back of the end zone, not the front of the end zone. like the first four yards of the end zone. They're like, here. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You throw a good ball. It's a touchdown. (laughs) Oh, we thought it wasn't a touchdown until you got out of the end zone. But that's the thing. They're not guarding the back line. So you don't necessarily have the opportunity to get to the goal line because they're going to see where the ball's thrown. That's they're going right. to react. That's they're professional right. athletes. Uh-huh. They're going to swarm to the ball. It's tough. That's why I think if you're going to do that, you need to give C.D. Lamb an option to flip it to somebody who's kind of swooping so, down because yeah, they sure. focus on him. Wouldn't right. that have been great? Yeah. They focus on him. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, and I'm coming. Hey, this sounds like a good idea. <laughs> There's, they come to him, and he throws it back. Tony Pollard or somebody way. just pops around and goes right, right in for the touchdown right. game over. Yeah. That would have been something. Man, look at you, John. Up plays. Hey, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> no, no, no. He's no, got Jerry. some glory Jerry. hole for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, but they were they were back where they were because there were a couple of sacks. After the penalties, the, the Eagles defense stepped up and sacked Dak Prescott a couple times and put him in that spot. D- it was a valiant effort by the Cowboys. Valiant effort. Valiant, but it felt short. like they were proving to themselves, kind of what we said all week, that I be- we belong. We yeah. belong with this team. We can beat them. We can do this, right? I mean, that's what it felt like. And to your point and what you brought up already, you know, and, and here's one of the sacks by Josh Sweat. The Eagles had three sacks in the last three minutes, and as usual, their D-line takes over in big moments. It's such a special group. But here's where, like, it's a valiant effort. I love what Dallas did. Dak Prescott was amazing. He was arguably the best player on the field yesterday. He made a lot of plays just kind of moving in the pocket and making throws. The offense wasn't necessarily just delivering things for him all the time. But it's all in. Yes, okay, we've got to prove to ourselves and our fan base that we can beat the Eagles. Okay, you, you proved it. But, like, at the same time, I think there's a level of intensity and awareness there from Dallas that you know, I, I don't think Philadelphia really has. I don't think they're threatened by Dallas, right? At least that's the feeling I get. You know, To me, yeah, like you said, Nick Sirianni was just like, hey, it's just another game. Right, They're I guess in the friends. locker in the locker room after we went acting that way, well, yeah, it wasn't he, press he, conference stuff. Right, but I guess he, he, he some, recognized he gave yeah. some stuff. He, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Dallas comes on the field; they think they own it. They're kind of braggadocious, so you always want to shove it up there. And you know what? After you beat them, uh, but I'm just the Eagles again. The amount of ways they can beat you. Uh, Jalen Hurts played very good throwing the ball. He was efficient. He made some big plays and some big moments. They dominated the third quarter. It was 28-17. I'm going, all right, you know, they're going to start dominating the Dallas Cowboys here. And Dallas took some chances on defense, got Philadelphia off the field a few times, and, of course, moved the ball and just came up a little bit short. But, like, you know, you know, they always say, like, it's not a rivalry until the other team beats you. I know Dallas beat them last year, but that was with Gardner Minshew. So I don't even think Philadelphia really counts it. They're kind of like, eh, that wasn't with our, you know, our star quarterback. So we're not really that worried about you. Uh, we'll see. Philadelphia is definitely still one of the best teams in football. We know that. Cowboys can go on a run here, though, at 5-3. Yeah, and three. they can, right? They've got the Giants this week. Yep. That's win. a win, doggy. Right. They've got at the Panthers yeah. the next should week, win. another win. Yeah. Commanders on Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's three in a row. They should win. Seahawks come to town. We'll talk about the Seahawks later. They're the NFC's version of the Dolphins, where they beat the teams they should, they lose to the teams they yeah, should. Very correct. That's four in a row. Yeah. They should go on a run where they're 9-3, and three when the Eagles come to town, week 14, December 10, NBC and Peacock, they should be 9-3. and three. So the question is, do the Eagles maybe slip up? Slip up That's a little you bit. That's what you got to sell to your team in Dallas. I think you're on the right. That's where the game yesterday, it comes in handy because Dallas can sit there and go, hey, we can beat these guys. Come on now. we got to keep playing well because Philadelphia's got a schedule coming up of – I mean, it's like murderer's row, if I if I remember correctly. Right? right now, they've yeah. got they're off week ten, yep. and Jalen Hurts said the bye couldn't have come at a better time. Oh, he, he banged it. up his knee yesterday, yep. even though they won't acknowledge he's injured. Everybody knows he is, but he's fine. He didn't even miss a play when he banged it up. They come out of the bye Monday night, week eleven, just three days before Thanksgiving. Eagles at Chiefs. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Right. They've got the Bills that come to town next, and then the San Francisco Forty Nine ers. Right. So. 
The three games they have between now and the rematch, a hell of a lot harder than the four games the Cowboys have. There's a chance they're going to have the same damn record. Yeah, exactly right. When yeah. the Eagles come to town. Yeah, that's what they got to sell. Hey, we got to keep pushing. We got to keep staying on details. If you're in Dallas, there's a good chance they could lose two out of three, you know, uh, coming out of the bye, and we could still have a chance to win the NFC East and, and maybe be the number one seed. And I think that's where the game will go a long way for Dallas and their belief in that way. This will be an easy one for McCarthy to sell to his team today. You know, when it comes Eagles weeks again, Eagle week again, that, hey, we're we're just as good as them. We can play with them. We made some mistakes in this football game. It was there to be had. And we'll see if they can ride that momentum. We know they're still an extremely talented football team. The problem with Dallas to me is just that when they don't play with a lead, you know, can they win games a little bit? They're kind of the bullies in the schoolyard. When they get a lead and they're up and everything's going good, they will steamroll and kick your ass right off the football field. But when the bullies get hit in the face once or twice back, it just seems like they can't, you know, win those type of football games for lack of a better way to say it. And I think that's, you know, something to look at with the, the Cowboys as we go well, forward. 11 straight wins at home, playing on that faster track, yeah. even though players prefer grass. The Cowboys' defense is better yeah, at home on that, the on the absurd. fake grass right. at, at AT&T Stadium, and they beat the hell out of you. They get up by a couple of scores, they make you one-dimensional, and they just tee off on your quarterback once your quarterback is in pass and pass-only exactly. mode. Right. That That's what happens. Yes. And otherwise, it's a close game. It goes down to the wire, and or, or they get their asses kicked like they did against the 49ers a few weeks ago. But they've come a long way. The world has changed dramatically since week Definitely. five. Definitely. We were talking about the Cowboys then. It was over. It was done. The 49ers are dominant. Now they've lost three in a row. The Cowboys, I think, should come out of this feeling pretty good about where they are. Let's hear from Mike McCarthy, the head coach of the Cowboys, on whether he takes any solace in the fact that the Cowboys played the Eagles as close as they did. I'll say this. I felt last week we kind of turned the corner. You know, I, I'm a huge believer in you, you, you get what you put into it, you know, whether it's life or in a game of football. And, and I, I thought our team really hit their stride going into last week's game, played well, did it again this week, uh, came in here, expected – Expected to play well and win. So, uh, as long as we stay after that, you know, there's a there's an ebb and flow in every game. But there's you know there's a vibe that, that gets created when you get into routine and you start building that momentum and so forth. And that's why a win tonight would have been would have would have been excellent because because uh, you know you get a nice chunk of confidence come out of these wins. But uh, we, we know who we are. I mean, there's no there's no excuses. You know, we, we need to we need to we need to make we need to make one more play tonight, and we didn't do that. Simple math, though. Cowboys win their next four, and they're all winnable. Eagles at eight and one. If they lose two of the next three, they're both nine and three. Go back to Going this, that, Courtney. That let's go, let's start this back. The I, game I, of inches. The game of inches. I want to bring this point up, okay? Because this is a flaw in the NFL rule right now. You heard me say this yesterday. All right, so I want to pause this when they show the end zone copy here. Right here. Can we pause this? All right, so here's my my problem and yeah just go back to where they had it right on the goal line if we can because here's my problem with the the whole issue and and take your time Courtney and everybody I understand there's a loophole in NFL rules right now it's 28 to 7 yeah Dallas is you know we talked about the control in the fourth quarter you know everything is good but here's my issue right now where the NFL has to fix this right here and if we could just pause it first off so you know they call it catch knee down right short of the goal line and if we can rewind it just a little bit more, right, there's down. Okay, so here's, here's my issue, though. Here's my issue. The NFL has to figure this out. So is this a catch at this point with his knee down? Because I'm told all the time you have to survive the ground, and then you get up and hand the ball. So it's not even a catch at this point of where they're saying he's down, but they're giving you a catch even though the technical aspect and the writing in the rule book would tell you it's not even a completed catch yet, but now they're giving him the catch. And to me, there's a there's a loophole there with how the NFL language writes this rule out because if you go through the now he's completed the catch, it's a touchdown, right? Right? You understand? You're right. No, you're right. Yeah. So if the catch isn't completed until he survives the act of hitting the ground and holds on to the ball, 
then it's a touchdown because by the time he's landed on the ground and he's has caught the, the ball, zone. he's in the end exactly zone. Exactly right. It's not when you have the two the, the two hands on the ball and your knee down because the catch isn't completed exactly. until you hit the ground exactly. and not drop it. They got to out. And when you hit the ground, yeah, it's a good point. You made it last week right. with the Rashid Shahid interception. Right. And it, they gave him the catch, but wait the a minute. The catch wasn't completed. The he catch still wasn't had, completed. He didn't survive the ground yet. The ball was stolen out of his hands. I remember a Ravens-Steelers game years ago. Santonio Holmes caught a ball in the end zone, and they shoved him out, and they said, well, it's over once he's got two hands on the ball and he's crossed the plane. It's over. It doesn't matter if he hits the ground. There was a. It was the uh, Lance Moore in Super Bowl Forty Four had the two-point conversion catch where he's got two hands on the ball yeah. and he's over the white stripe. It's over there. Right, Even right. though when he hit the ground, he lost it. Right, right. There's this weird thing about the goal line that freaks everybody out. But you're right. If the catch isn't completed until you hit the ground, and that's not some postscript. No. It's not. It's the it's rule. Not, it goes back to where you were. No. You have to hold on to the ball. The catch isn't over until you've done it. Yes. So you're not down until you've done it, and the the spot isn't determined until, until you've done it. Completed it. It's a good point. Okay. I, mean, I hate to admit you have yeah. a good point. I, every now and then the sun shines on the dogs. You know what? And this was one of those moments. But yeah, this was a you know of course a huge play in the football game. Fourth and goal. They end up coming up short. You know they, the defense does a great job. Uh, they they pin Philly back there, and Philly has to punt the ball, and Dallas gets the ball in good field position. Uh, but, yeah, it's just something, again, it's, it's an odd rule, language, whatever you want to say, and it is a game of inches, as we know, and this one was really close. I mean, between that play right there and then, of course, them scoring to make it 28-23, and it looks like Dak Prescott's going to dive in and get the two-point conversion and bring the game to a field goal you know, lead by the Eagles, and he just steps out just as he starts to die. And, and, you know, and, and you know, look. It's a disappointing hey, moment for hey, Dallas. Hey, you know, we, we said this on Friday about George Pickens. I mean, if we're going to call him one of the best receivers in football, he's got to tap a toe on the way out of the end zone. Yeah. And if Dak Prescott is going to be lauded as one of the great quarterbacks in the NFL, you got to know where you are, and you got to know what you can get away with. You don't have to worry about North Korea in this moment. Yeah, you don't have to right. worry about losing possession of the right. ball into the end zone. You get the ball across that pylon to get your two points. Yeah, great you don't play step out. Yeah, there. you don't step out. You don't worry about the dive. You don't worry about the Derek Carr thing where he loses possession of the ball and it goes out of bounds. I think he did it against the Cowboys once. Yeah. You just get the ball over there. And, I mean, I know you're – look, I know it's not easy. And we expect a lot from franchise quarterbacks. But you but don't feel like Burrow or Allen or Mahomes would step you're out. Gonna know, you're going to know yeah. where your body is yeah. in relation I to the rest you. of the field. You're and you're going to get the ball across. Or, or you're going to fumble trying because it doesn't matter because uh, they're not going to take the right. ball away from you. It's right. just the end of the – End of the try. Yeah, that, that's right. But either way, it was a valiant effort. I don't want to hear anything about Dak Prescott from anybody this morning or anybody around the NFL. He was the best player on the field at the game. I mean, the, the Cowboys don't stay in the game, don't do what they do. I know people are going to look at it and go, oh, he stepped out of bounds, and that's an issue. He was great. He hung in there. He was tough. He made a lot of plays moving in the pocket. He spread the ball around. I give him credit. You know, and we'll see. Maybe Dallas can, can build some toughness and some culture off this and continue on an upward trajectory where they can knock off Philadelphia a few weeks down the road and see where it goes from there. I'm, I'm looking at the rule for oh, the catch, catch right now. Catch, just get yeah. me curious. Yeah, right. A player who makes a catch may advance the ball. A forward pass is complete or intercepted on the field of play at the sideline, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. If you secure control of the ball in your hands or arms prior to the ball touching the ground and – Touch the ground inbounds with both feet or any part of the body other than hands. And after A and B have been fulfilled, perform any act common to the game, tuck the ball away, extend it forward, take an additional step, etc. Right. Or maintain, maintain control long enough to do so. And then one of the notes is, if you've done the first two but not the third and you contact the ground and lose control of the ball, it's incomplete. So that's part of it. If you're going to the ground, you have to maintain possession. You haven't completed the catch if you're going to the ground. Everywhere on the field is not a completed catch yet, but now all of a sudden we're going to get to the end zone and go, it's completed. And I, that makes no sense. Yeah, you're, you're in the process of going to right. the ground. Just because you've got two hands on the ball and your knee is down short of the goal line does not make it a completed catch. It's not over until you've hit the ground and maintained possession. I you're mean, right. So, you're I right. mean, it's like if they throw the ball in the back of the end zone, the guy toe taps. Then just that's touchdown. Yeah. I don't care if the guy knocked him over and then he lost yeah. the ball on the way to the ground. That's too late. So, so that's, that's where it doesn't make so sense. So 
bottom line is yeah. I'm going to be the new offensive coordinator of the Cowboys. You're going to be the new head of officiating. <laughs> we won't be here next Monday. I don't know who will be here, but it won't be us. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more PFT Live, including the big game in Frankfurt, Germany, between the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll have that right after this. Deutschland.